Hey, we're in this, uh, this series we started last week called Through the Dark, Becoming Confident Decision Makers. And I got really curious about uh, this symbol of wisdom that is the owl. You guys uh, like my owl? Uh, I uh, found that on the internet. <laughs> and, uh, I, and I got curious because I, I've been going to the bird show a lot with my kids. I mentioned this last week. And what they, what they tell you at the bird show is that the owl is the stupidest bird at the zoo. You guys uh, remember that? And uh, so like, why, why does everybody think the owl's wise? And what I discovered was, uh, man, uh, the owl has been a, a symbol of wisdom, not for its understanding, but, but for its vision. And, uh, and this is a series about wisdom. Wisdom is the thing that gives us vision uh, in moments of doubt, uh, in moments of darkness, uh, in moments of uncertainty. And so we've been looking at, man, how do we become confident decision makers? How do we, how do we become people who are wise? And, uh, and tonight, uh, I'm excited because we're talking about wisdom at the fork in the road. And uh, fork in the road moments, are those are moments we've all experienced. Uh, and uh, these are the moments where you're presented with uh, one of a few options. Some forks have two prongs, some forks have three prongs, some have four, uh, but there's a fixed number of options. And so you come to a fork in the road and you think, should I go left? Should I go right? Uh, should I say yes or should I say no? Should I, say, should I stay still? Should I move forward? I could do this all day, right? And uh, now here's what's funny uh, about forks in the road. I've only ever actually come to one literal fork in the road. Uh, and uh, like literally there was like a fork in the, in the road and it was a, a path on a hike. And uh, I was with best man Dan. And uh, we hiked out early from a place called Twin Lakes. And it's above Huntington Lake. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. And uh, uh, so we're, we're hiking out without the people who know the way, right? Uh, so we hiked out early without the people who knew the way. And we came to this fork in the road about halfway <clears throat> down uh, the trail. And uh, we stopped. And I look at Dan and I say, which way, which way did we come, right? Like, which way were we supposed to go? And, and I, I say, uh, I, think, I think maybe it's left. And he's like, no. He's so, he's so confident. He's a very decisive person. So uh, he knows something about being, being a confident decision maker. But he said, no, I'm pretty sure it's right. So we go right, and we're walking along. Now, here's the funny thing about the fork in the road, right? Uh, when you make a decision, you, you choose to go left instead of right. When you, when you, when you decide to go one way instead of another, uh, you, you, you have a nagging doubt that follows you all the way down the path, right? Are you guys with me? That was my experience. I'm walking on this path, and I'm just thinking, am I going the right way? Did, is this... this is this familiar to me, right? Like, is this, are we going to come, come back to the, the place where our car is parked or not? And that's often what happens when we're, we're faced with fork in the road moments is we, we, we make a choice and then we second guess it. And, and tonight I'd like to talk about uh, this moment and how you can be confident uh, in, in the way that you're walking. Sound good? All right, cool. It sounds good. All right, so here's the deal. We all have these moments. Now, often, we don't often hit literal, literal forks in the road, right? Because uh, GPS and Siri and Google Maps has obliterated any real need to, to uh, know directions because Siri just chimes in and says, in 400 feet, turn left, right? <laughs> Your destination is on the left, right? And, and, and it just, it, it clues us in. But uh, this is still incredibly relevant because, man, there, there are uh, no shortage of decisions that we have uh, day Today. Now, I was uh, talking out on the patio on Sunday, uh, a couple Sundays ago, with a, a person who's returning uh, to, to college. And uh, she signed up for a philosophy class, uh, looked at all of the Rate My Professor, uh, uh, you know, ratings. You guys ever do that? Oh, this professor's really good. And she, she found the ratings were like uh, top-notch, uh, pinnacle professor. And she gets into the class, and the professor is a loony too, right? Just like wild card, crazy, don't know what's going to happen, hostile to the faith. 
and, uh, and, and, and in uh, one class session, she's got eight fork in the road decisions, right? Uh, do, do I drop this class or do I push through? Uh, do I stand up for my faith or do I keep my head down? Uh, um, do, uh, do I uh, um, argue with the teacher and defend my faith or stay silent? Uh, or this was an interesting one. Uh, she was telling me that the professor uh, doesn't identify with any particular gender and so wants to be referred to as Z or Zer. Have any of you had that uh, happen in a class yet? Uh, and so she's faced with this decision, right? Do I, do I try and figure out how to use these, these pronouns, Z and Zer, or do I just call her she uh, and I don't know what the other one is, but you guys would, you guys would be like, do, like, what do I do? Like, should I do it? Like, it, what's the respectful thing? What's the honoring thing to my teacher? It's a genuine question, right? Because people have different opinions and beliefs, and what does it look like to love people? There's, there's these fork in the road moments that they, they confront us and they surprise us, and, uh, and, and we, we're faced with them all the time. Now, tonight, uh, I'd like to talk about, man, how you can be confident uh, at the fork in the road moment, and, and really, uh, there are three, three things that, uh, man, if you do these things, uh, you'll find yourself uh, able to walk forward with confidence, uh, even when you don't have all the information. Now, uh, I'd like to read from uh, uh, the book of James, and then uh, pray uh, one more time that God would speak to us, and, uh, and then we'll dive in. Sound good? All right, here we go. Uh, this is James 2, starting in verse 2, and it says this. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let the perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Oh, wouldn't that be neat? not lacking anything? All right, he goes on. He says this. If any of you does lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Uh, Father God, thank you so much for this time together, uh, spending time uh, um, looking at your word and hearing from you. God, we pray that you would help us grow into people who, who make good decisions confidently. God, that you would speak to us about how we can grow in wisdom. Uh, would you make us mature as we face trials? God, give us a heart and a courage uh, where the, the trials in our life are concerned. Uh, speak to us in this time, we pray it's in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, uh, you're like, what does this have to do with forks in the road? No forks in the, the road referenced, right? And uh, this is an incredible passage about wisdom all the same. And it's, it's interesting uh, what's not there. Uh, no reference to uh, a fork in the road. Also, this is interesting to me, right? There's no reference to Yoda. Uh, bear, bear with me. Uh, so, so when we think about wisdom, right, when, when you look for wisdom, who do you look for? You look for a Yoda, right? You want a dude who can sit on your shoulders with pointy ears, green, and, and can, can spout sage advice to you whenever you have a question. There is no Yoda. He doesn't lead with Yoda, does he? Right? He, in fact, he leads with something altogether surprising. He says, uh, uh, be, be joyful uh, because your life's hard. Right? Like, isn't that so interesting? He's like, not, not, not Yoda. Your life, your life is difficult. There are trials that you are facing. And, and, and here's the deal. Uh, God, God uh, he, he gives us a different starting point of wisdom. We talked about the fear of the Lord being the beginning of wisdom. And, 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 uh, and, and he, he asks us to trust him in difficult situations so that 
uh, we can become wise. In fact, really, that's really the heart of the passage, right? He says, uh, face, uh, uh, face your trials so that, you became, so that you can become mature and complete, lacking. Did you guys catch it? Nothing. How easy is a, a, is a decision to make if you lack nothing, right? Like it's, if you have, you have enough resources, you have enough knowledge, you have enough insight, you have enough courage, right? Like it's not difficult to make decisions. So he's saying, hey, listen, I, I, I want to make you wise by, by building you up in such a way where you're mature and complete. And, and you see, uh, God, God wants to build you up before you even get to the fork in the road. And really this is the, the whole, the hinge of the message and it's in this first point, you can write it down. But uh, this is one of the ways that God prepares us to make wise decisions. He, he gives you a direction before you ever have to make a decision. God gives you a direction before you ever have to make a decision. Do we have that point? Uh, I'll say it one more time for you. There we go. God gives you a direction before you have to make a decision. Uh, and, and knowing this will help you uh, make so many decisions. Um, uh, God, really up front, he, he gives you a, the direction that we should go. In, in other words, uh, sometimes God doesn't tell you left or right. He just tells you west. Uh, I, I don't know if any of you, if you have ever read uh, the book, The Road. Uh, they made it into a movie. Maybe you saw the movie. It's a post-apocalyptic uh, post story. So the government's collapsed. Uh, people are sort of fending for themselves. And the story's about a father and a son who are headed west to the Pacific Ocean. And, uh, and it's so interesting, right? Like they, they're never confused about which route to take. Uh, because all they're looking for is an ocean, right? Like, it's not actually that hard to find an ocean. Are you, you, guys, you guys with me? And, and this is really what, uh, what uh, the, the book of James is, is pointing out to us. Uh, it's, it's one of the things that God wants us to understand about himself, is that oftentimes uh, God doesn't want to give you a GPS coordinate. Uh, he, he wants uh, to give you a direction. He doesn't want to give you a GPS coordinate. He, he wants to give you an ocean. He's like, hey, Hey, look at me. I'm really big. I'm really hard to miss. Like, if you, if you look for me, you're sure to find me. In fact, Jesus says this. He says, if you seek, you will find, right? If you knock, the door will be open. So he's, what he's saying is this. I, I want to give you this direction, this heavenly direction uh, that will help you, man, when you're confronted with a decision. Because uh, the reality is, is that left or right doesn't matter as long as you're headed west. Are you with me? And, and this is really what James is getting at. He says, I, I want to give you a few directions about where God wants to take you. He, he wants you to become people who are mature and complete, lacking nothing. He wants you to grow in your faith in such a way uh, that, that decisions are really, uh, have really already been made in, in the preparation that God has done in your life. And you find this is true with people who are wise, people who are uh, old and have done uh, a lot of life. Uh, the decisions that, that seem difficult to you have a simple solution to them. I don't know if you, you know anybody like that. They're like, you, you, you pose a question to them, and you're like, should, what should I do? Should I date him? Should I not? And they're like, oh, you should definitely not date him, right? It's like so simple to them, and it's because God has built something in them and, and given them a direction uh, in which to follow. Now, uh, there are three specific directions that we see in this scripture, and, uh, and I, I'd like to um, give them to you out of order. Is that okay? Uh, now, uh, the first one, is this, you can write this down. He gives us a situational direction, uh, and, and he says this. He says, face your trials with faith. He says, face your trials with faith. In other words, he says, uh, your direction is an obstacle. Your direction is a giant. Your direction is a trial. Your direction is a hardship. He says, face your trials. And, and, and uh, you, you, you know when you, um, uh, when you sh are shooting at a target, 
uh, typically uh, you hit what you're looking at. The, the direction you face is the direction you, you go. And he says, face your trial with faith. Consider it pure joy when you experience trials of many kinds. He says, face your trials. And, and life is full of trials. I mean, think about it. As we as people, we face uh, health, health issues, identity crisis, uh, we, we have uh, car wrecks, uh, divorces, uh, unplanned pregnancies, hostile professors, broken relationships, spiritual skeptics, personal doubts, right? These are, these are obstacles to us moving forward so often the time. It's just the, the internal voice that says you can't do it, you're no good. Uh, God's not telling you to do that, right? And, and we face these trials, and, and God says, hey, hey, listen, face these things with faith. And, and here's the amazing thing, right? If you've, if you've got a trial or an obstacle or a struggle or a hardship in your, your life, then you've got a direction, right? Isn't that so, so cool? Like, I mean, you're like, no. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to do that. Like, that's a terrible direction. I'd rather go this way because isn't that the case? Like, we as people, we tend to avoid the difficult things, right? Like, I'd rather do that. It's more comfortable. I mean, I think about uh, man, every, every awkward conversation I've ever had, the thought in the back of your mind in every awkward conversation is, Right, like you guys, how can I? How can I just like? Uh, this is awkward, right? But but uh, man, God says, hey, face the awkward, face the uncomfortable, face the, the the difficult. Why? Because it makes you mature and complete, so that you lack nothing. And, and wouldn't it be easy to make a decision if you were mature and complete, lacking nothing? He says, face your trials. And, and really, this is one of our, our biggest problems in, in acquiring wisdom and becoming confident decision makers is, is uh, we decide uh, to do things based on whether or not it's hard or easy, right? Like we're like, I, I'm going to go the easy way every time. And, and, and the reality is, is that you find yourself second guessing that decision, do you not? Maybe I should have done, maybe I should have tried that. Maybe I should have done that. Maybe I could have made it. Maybe I'd be better for it. You see, uh, there's this question that we have to ask. What, what would happen if we, if we faced every trial instead of avoided, right? Because uh, so often uh, this is the case. We only face the trials that face us. <laughs> what I mean is this. is uh, we, we only face the trials that, that we can't avoid. Are you, are you with me? Like that's so often been the case in my life. I'm like, I'll deal with it because I have to deal with it. Instead of I'll deal with it because, man, God has given me this, this thing uh, for my good and, uh, and my growth. That's what James says. He says, man, when you face your trials, you grow mature and complete, lacking nothing. I mean, that's what faith does. It, it allows God to, to begin to grow you and strengthen you and mature you. Wouldn't it be cool if every day you were being grown and strengthened and matured and blessed by the Lord? Wouldn't that be amazing? He's saying, hey, every time you step into a trial, that is what is happening. And, and, and it's really pretty instructive also because the reality is, is there's not a day that you will live where you're not going to face something difficult, right? Like it, it may be a small difficult thing or a huge difficult thing, but God says, hey, don't avoid it. Step into it in faith. Now, uh, this, uh, this past week, uh, we saw uh, a dude uh, do exactly this. A, a couple weeks ago, I was talking with my, my dude, Josiah, here. I keep using him as an example, but, uh, but we were talking about this discipleship Bible school thing, and I was like, hey, you going to do it? And he's like, I would, but I just, I don't have any extra money, right? And, uh, which is, how often is that the case? <laughs> no money, right? And, and so uh, I was like, all right, well, 
well, the Bible kind of, kind of says that money's not a problem for God, so let's pray about it, right? So he's like, all right, let's pray about it. And, uh, and so he's praying about it, and we come back two weeks later, and like, hey, God say anything? Like, are you supposed to do anything? Did he provide anything? And he's like, nope. And I'm like, well, all right, we'll see what happens, right? And, uh, and so it's, isn't that kind of how basin trials work? It's a, it, it takes a little longer than we expect it to take. We're like, oh, maybe it's not a thing. But, uh, but I, I get to Friday, right? So we're talking Thursday, I get to Friday. It's uh, 24 hours later to the hour, and I get this email from an older lady, a grandma in our church, uh, and it, it pings in. It's like, uh, um, uh, such and such has registered for the Discipleship Bible School. Uh, and I'm like, oh, no, it's a college thing. Like, do I tell her she can't do it? Like, like what's the, this is going to be a weird phone call, right? And, uh, and so I'm like, I'm starting to get anxious about it and worrying about it. And then 30 seconds later, I get a second email, and she's like, oh, no, this is a college thing. I'm like, that's what I said. And, uh, and uh, she says, hey, but I'm so excited that you're doing this, that you're giving people a chance to understand God's word and hear from the Lord. And uh, if there's a student that needs it, they can have my registration. I'm like, yeah, right? Like we were just talking about this. And, and it's so cool, right, that, man, when we begin to, to uh, step into our, our, our trials and the, the obstacles in our life and faith, that we see God start to move them, right? And, and, and when God moves the things that are difficult and, and, and too, too big for us or that we don't have an easy solution to, when God begins to move, we begin to move. You see how that works? Because, man, it's so exciting and so life-giving to see God answer your prayers. God grows us. He makes us mature. It, it's a crazy, crazy thing. And, and, and the thing that's so incredible is it, uh, it, it compounds confident decision-making uh, because not only does it give you a, a direction for a difficult moment, I'm going to face this trial, not avoid it, uh, but it begins to make you wise and mature and complete, lacking nothing in such a way that the, the decisions uh, are, are, are easier to make down the road. Now, here's the second direction we see in the scripture, and this one is uh, maybe the, uh, the most uh, confusing and least pleasant, or most pleasant, depending on how you look at it, but it's an emotional direction, and, uh, and it's this. Uh, God gives us the emotional direction, uh, consider joy your constant. Uh, consider joy the constant emotion within you. Consider that really your, your only decision in, in life. Uh, joy, I am going to feel joy. Now, this is a, um, an important direction because so many of our fork in the road decisions are emotional. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, the question, how should I feel in this situation, is one that we, we ask sort of subconsciously all the time, right? Should I feel uh, angry or forgiving? Should I feel jealous or, or grateful? Should I feel loving or resentful, sad or determined? Uh, how should I feel about this? I don't know. Anybody ever have mixed emotions, right? right? And, and, and God he gives us this direction uh, for, for our, our emotions and how we should feel about moments and about people and about himself. And he says, consider it pure joy. Choose joy. Make joy your constant. Now, some of you heard me say this point, and you're, th- you're rolling your eyes, and you're thinking, you can't do that. You can't choose how you feel, right? This is how I always thought about this passage. I'm like, that sounds awesome, but that's not actually how life works. You can't choose how you feel. But I'd just like, like, you to, ask, I'd just like to ask you to hold off on that, that feeling of like, that's impossible. And just let me, let me talk about for a moment uh, why uh, uh, choosing joy and, and uh, the, the direction of joy is so helpful in becoming a confident decision maker. Can we do that? 
and why this makes you wise. Okay, here's, here's uh, the idea in, in a nut, nutshell. Joy does something really powerful in the decision-making process, and, it, and it's simple. Joy removes the compulsion in us to avoid things. Joy removes the compulsion in us to avoid things, which is really, really important if our, if our uh, situational direction is face trials, right? I, I, I don't need to avoid this. I don't need to avoid this hard thing because, man, it's going to bring me joy. Now, think about, think about that statement and, and what, what I'm implying. I mean, just think about the things that give you joy, right? The, you, you, do you ever avoid something that gives you joy? No, not really. In fact, if, if you're avoiding something that gives you joy, if you're avoiding something that's in front of the thing that gives you joy. So if you're in an argument with somebody that you love and gives you joy, you're, you're, really, just, you're really just avoiding the argument. You're not avoiding the person. Are you with me? Uh, I mean, I think about uh, just a little uh, more simple, right? Uh, I uh, take great joy in eating the Ben and Jerry's ice cream, ice cream Chunky Monkey. And do I not? I talk about it constantly. Things that give you joy, you talk about uh, pretty consistently, and it gives me great joy. Now, I might wait to eat it later, uh, but, but I never avoid it. <laughs> I, I might defer uh, for a day or a week because, <laughs> you know, uh, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but I, I still think about it. I still want it. I still enjoy it. I don't avoid it. What are those things that you never avoid? What are those things that, that, that you don't run from, that you, you don't try and distract yourself by, from by watching Netflix or turning on music or having a conversation about something else? Maybe, is it food, a romance, a, a chance to earn money, an opportunity to solve a difficult problem? You, you math majors, right? <laughs> a Sunday night football, uh, the gym. Uh, this is an interesting one, right? Because some of us uh, love the gym. The gym gives us joy and others of us loathe it. Isn't it so interesting? Like that, that different things can d- give different people uh, joy. Now, what would happen if joy was your constant? If in every situation you felt joy, it, it would remove in you any need to avoid any situation, right? Because, man, through the obstacle, through the trial, through the pain is joy. Now, you're thinking, well, that sounds good, but that doesn't sound possible, right? Like, uh, how, how could it be uh, that I could feel uh, joy for something that feels terrible? Now, uh, there's this interesting verse in the scriptures. It says, uh, for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. Isn't that interesting? And, and then we have this other verse that says, uh, take up your cross and follow me. Like, how is it that you could, you could take up a cross, right, a, a symbol of, of suffering and shame and, and pain uh, and, and feel any joy in it? Like, how do you take on something painful and feel any jo- joy in it? How, how could you possibly choose joy in those moments? And this is something that I, I wrestled with for years and I didn't understand for years. Like, uh, uh, King David, he, he talked about joy, his joy being in the Lord, his joy coming from the Lord, and I had no idea what he meant. Uh, but but here's, here's the, the secret to understanding how you choose joy. Are you ready? Uh, joy is about receiving something good. Joy is about receiving something good. I mean, think about it. Every time you've ever experienced joy, you, you've, re- you've received something that you valued. You've received something that was good. Now, here, let me give you a, a, an example. Uh, why is the birth of a newborn so joy-filled, right? Uh, it's, it, 
It's certainly not because it feels good, right? It's, it's certainly not because it's painless. It's not because it's comfortable. Uh, childbirth, in fact, is so uncomfortable to me that, that I always fast forward through childbirth scenes on Netflix, right? Like, I still haven't seen Claire give birth to the baby and lost because I'm just not interested. Like, it's, it's uncomfortable, right? It's, it's painful. You guys didn't watch Lost, did you? Oh, okay, good, good, good. Okay, but, uh, but it's, it's not, like, it's not joy-filled because it's painless. It's not joyful because there's no suffering, it's joy-filled because you've received something good, right? I mean, there are a few moments in my life more joy-filled than uh, when my, my girls were born, right? Like, I, I cried, right? I don't cry very often, but, but I cried, right? My, and the same was true for my wife. And, and here's the crazy thing. Literally, they're crying, they're cold, they're freaking out, people are poking them, right? Like, you know, the baby, baby swab. Uh, they're really uncomfortable. It's, it's painful for them. And, and I, don't, I don't feel worried or stressed. I'm just, I'm just stoked that they're alive and they're crying and they're healthy because I've received something good. Now, here's the sad thing about joy, right? It is when, when you don't choose joy, it's because you've rejected something good. I mean, think about all of the kids, all of the pregnancies uh, that are not a joy but are a burden. All of the pregnancies that are terminated early. I don't say this to make, make someone feel guilty or ashamed. I just, it's to point out uh, that, that you could, you could uh, um, miss out on a gift because your circumstances are painful. You see how that works? That, that so, so many people, that, that their, their child is born and, and they're thinking about their bills, not the kid, right? This is a, a burden, not a gift. Is it because the, the, the kid isn't good? The kid isn't precious? The kid isn't lovely? No, but man, our circumstances have this way of blinding us to what God wants to give us. This is the same uh, as it is with us when we, we find joy, uh, not our constant. Uh, joy escapes us because the circumstances of life blind us to what God wants to give us. The difficulty of the trial in, in front of us keeps us from receiving the thing that God wants to give us. Guilt, shame, fear, loss, suffering, uh, they're like, they're like blinders on our eyes that, that keep us from focusing on the thing that God wants us to receive from him. Are you with me? This is, this is a, a constant battle, but when you choose joy, you're believing that God has something to give you. You see how that works? And here's how joy becomes constant. It's when the good that you're receiving is constant. If you know that, uh, that God is an ocean, right? He's big, he's vast, He's generous, he's not withholding, he is constantly giving. In fact, it says here in James, it says, uh, God who, who generously gives to all who ask, right? Isn't that so interesting? He says, listen, God is not being withholding. He has something good to give you, but can you see it? Can you see it? And, and, and here, here's the deal. Sometimes we, we don't know the way to go, uh, because we, we don't recognize that God has something for us on the other end. We're not willing to face the difficult thing because it's painful and we're missing out on what God wants to bless us with. Now, uh, why is it that, that James gives us an emotional direction at all? Why does he even talk about joy when he's talking about wisdom? And, and, and uh, I think uh, it's, it's this, for this reason. Uh, I, I think uh, he, he wants us to understand uh, that that no person really is willing to face uh, the fight uh, outside until they've won the battle within, right? 
No, no person is, is really willing to step into something painful uh, until they, they've resolved that the thing in front of them uh, is worth fighting for. Are, are you with me? That, that uh, man, until we, we know that what's before us is, is worth pushing through and we'll never step into it. And, and, and so often, isn't it the case that we know the right way to go, uh, but we won't go that way? We don't feel good about that way. We're not confident in going that way. Uh, not because we don't understand it's the right way, but because we think it's too painful and not good enough. Right? And, and man, if you're going to be a wise decision maker at the fork in the road, uh, uh, if you're going to be able to confidently step into the thing that God has given, you have to understand this, that, that the, the direction is always joy. Because whatever you step into, you know that God is with you. You know that God has something to give you, and, and, and you, you know that God is going to make you mature and complete, lacking nothing. And, and here's the thing. You can go the wrong way a thousand times, uh, but if you do it in faith, God is, is building something in you, and, and he's producing something in you that makes it all worth it. Isn't that an amazing thing? Here's the, here's the third uh, the third thing, and it's uh, a practical direction. It's not going to seem practical at first, but let me give it to you and explain uh, the practical direction is this, ask God to fill in the gaps. Now, uh, there are times when you come to a fork in the road and it's hard to know the direction. Uh, and usually these are the forks in the road where you've got two great options or two terrible options, right? Uh, uh, maybe um, your parents get divorced and you have to ask, should I move in with my mom or my dad? Two terrible options, right? You shouldn't have to choose between your parents. Or positive options, right? I got into Stanford and Berkeley with a full ride. Should I go to Stanford or Berkeley? Two good options, but, but tough uh, to make. And, and, and sometimes there really aren't clear answers, right? Sometimes you're not really confused about what facing your trial looks like or choosing joy looks like. or You're, you're just really not clear on what the next step is, right? You guys with me? And, and here's the, the cool thing is God's like, hey, I want, to, I want you to uh, consider, uh, consider every trial joy. I want you to face your trials. And, uh, and, and I'll make you mature and complete so that you lack nothing. And then he says this. It's an interesting phrase. He says, but... If you lack, what? He says, if you lack wisdom, ask, right? Ask and I'll give it to you, right? He, that's a promise from the God who doesn't lie. He says, hey, if you don't know, if, if you need more information, just ask. I got you. I, I give generously to all who ask, not to the good people, uh, not to uh, the, uh, the pretty people, not to the rich people, right? I give generously to all. Not even just to the poor people, right? I give generously to all. You see, God says, uh, ask God who gives to all generously without finding fault. In other words, when you ask God for wisdom, he doesn't blame you for what you don't know. He just blesses you with what you do need to know. Isn't that good news? Now, uh, the, the problem is uh, sometimes it feels like you ask, and you don't receive, right? You're like, God, I don't know. Should I go left? Should I go right? Should I go to Stanford? Should I go to Berkeley? Should I go to school? Should I just work? I, I don't know. And then you're like, you're sitting there and you're listening and you're like, you get the crickets. It would be really cool if a cricket chirped right now. <laughs> There's crickets in the building somewhere, I think. But, uh, uh, but it, it, it's, it's, so, it's so hard to believe that God will, will give us an answer. But he says, ask and you will receive. And, uh, and here's the thing. Uh, the, the scripture here says that there, there's a measure of faith that is needed to receive. He says, uh, believe and do not. Did you guys catch it? He says, believe and do not doubt. Now, uh, that is a troubling verse, is it not? 
Because if you're like me, uh, you're full of doubts. You're full of things you're uncertain about. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what God's going to do. I don't know if I pray for this person, if, if he's going to heal him. I, I don't know. So maybe I can't receive anything from the Lord. But this is not what he's saying. Uh, uh, think, think about it uh, this way. Because at, at first glance, it seems impossible uh, to, to, to silence all of the doubts that we have in our brain and in our heart. But uh, I have this doubt, right? Uh, can I share it with you? Cool, I'm going to do it anyway. All right. So uh, uh, I have this doubt that I'm going to win the lottery. Uh, I, I'm pretty convinced, in fact, that I'm not. Uh, in fact, I, uh, I'm so, so convinced. I haven't even bought a ticket. I'm pretty sure I'm not going to win the lottery. I doubt that I'm going to win the lottery, right? And, uh, and here's the funny thing about that doubt. That doubt is a very, that is a very sound and reasonable doubt to have. Is it not? I don't have a ticket. Uh, my, my odds are slim. And, uh, uh, and it's, it's a spiritually sound uh, piece of advice because God says, hey, don't really bother gambling. He says, fools gamble. It's, it's, a, it's a poor investment, right? And logically, it doesn't make any sense. It makes complete sense to doubt it because if you don't invest, how can you uh, expect to uh, reap any reward, right? And so, man, it's, it's completely sound doubt. It makes incredible sense. In, in fact, uh, me, my doubt about winning the lotto has no bearing on what God is going to do in my life. Are you with me? Does that make sense? And, and, and he's not saying that you can't have any doubts. He's saying, he, he's saying uh, because there's some doubts that, that are really very, very reasonable. And it's such good news, right? Because uh, there are times where I doubt that God is going to answer the prayer that I'm asking. I referenced earlier this, this uh, when we pray for people to be healed. Uh, that's actually a very reasonable doubt because God never promised to do that miracle, did he? Man, in fact, God promises to help us face our trials, right? Like, we, I don't get to, to control or determine how God answers a prayer. I don't, don't get to dictate how God gives me his power and his direction, his love, and his grace. I, I can have all the doubts in the world about whether or, or not he's going to heal a person, uh, and, and I can still receive from him. Now, uh, when you pray, there is one specific doubt that you cannot have. He says, believe and do not doubt, and then he, he clarifies what he means. He says, uh, th- there's this one doubt that cannot exist if you're going to receive from me, and, uh, and it's this. You, you cannot doubt that God will answer you. You cannot doubt that God will answer you. To say it a different way, uh, you should always believe that there's something to receive. You should always believe that there's something to receive. Because if you, if you don't think that God is going to give you uh, the answer uh, uh, that you, you're looking for, if you don't think that God is going to give you the wisdom that you need to make this decision, if you don't think that God is going to give you a direction to go, uh, then, then it makes it impossible to receive what he's giving. James, he, he paints this interesting picture at the end of this passage. Uh, he says, the one who doubts is blown and tossed uh, like a wave in the wind. Uh, and uh, any surfers in the house? Surfers? I grew up surfing on the Central Coast when, uh, when I was a teenager. And one of the first things you learn uh, from surfers is wind is bad uh, it, because it, it knocks the waves down. It, it kills their force. It makes them choppy and, uh, um, and, uh, and weak. And, um, and it's one of the first things you, you learn. And what James is saying here, he's, he's saying the, the person who doubts is just up and down. Uh, they, they're all in 
and then, and then they're all out, right? And isn't this the case with us when we, we doubt a decision that we've made or when we doubt the Lord, we, we think to ourselves, uh, oh, I know the way I should go. Uh, I, I'm going to do it. And we start walking down a path, and then, and then we think, uh, maybe I heard wrong. Maybe I'm going the wrong way. This is getting really difficult, right? This is getting really painful. Maybe I should turn around and go back. Maybe I should have done the other thing. Maybe we shouldn't have broken up. Uh, maybe I shouldn't have sold uh, that, that thing that I loved, right? And we, and we begin to second guess and go backwards, and we're blown back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. See, uh, wind, it ruins a wave's force, but it can't change its course. And the same is true with you and, and the, the direction that God is calling you to go. Uh, he, he says, uh, go west towards the ocean. Uh, go, go, towards, go towards me. Walk towards the things that I have put in front of you. And, and it's a funny thing that when we doubt that he has something to give us, we, we stop moving as quickly. And sometimes we just stop altogether. Right? The wind just kills, kills any momentum that we have. Have you been there? Right? And, uh, and here's, here's the thing. Uh, we, we stop moving when we stop hearing, right? When we're not sure what the way forward is and we're not hearing from the Lord, when, when, when we ask him but we're, we're not really believing that he's anything, he, he has anything to, to say to us, there's just too many gaps in our decision-making process and we just, we just stop. It's a, it's a funny thing uh, how doubt continues to nag until you reach the final destination, I, uh, I told the story about Dan and I t- taking the fork in the road, and uh, I didn't tell you if we went the right, right way or not. Do you want, do you want to know? Uh, we, uh, we went right. Dan said, I'm sure it's right. And the entire time we're going, this, I'm thinking, this doesn't look familiar at all to me. In fact, it feels like we've been walking way longer than, than it took us to walk in. And, uh, uh, and I, I just this, na- this nagging doubt in the back of my mind, maybe we should go back. Maybe we should go back. Maybe we should have turned left, and we're walking, and we're walking, we're walking. We walk by this, uh, this stable uh, of horses, and I'm thinking, I didn't see any horses, right? <laughs> we're like, clearly going the wrong way. Now, uh, here's, the, here's the thing. We, uh, we were really too far to turn back. Uh, we'd been walking for uh, three or four hours, and, uh, and so we just kept going. And uh, we're like, oh, we're kind of heading in the right direction. And uh, you know what? Uh, we hit the road. And then we hit the road, so you got a trail, and then you got the road. It's a paved road, and my car is parked somewhere on this road, but we don't know if it's left or right. <laughs> Isn't that so interesting? We're like, another fork in the road. Shoot, like, what do I do? And uh, I'm like, Dan, I think it's left. He's like, I'm pretty sure it's right. <laughs> and, uh, so we go right, and, uh, and here's, here's the funny thing is um, it was left. <laughs> but, uh, um, but, we, we walked right because we knew that that right was the direction of the lake where there would be a phone and uh, we, could, we could receive the information that we didn't have. And uh, we walked uh, for another three hours and uh, probably we, we totaled, I don't know, 30, 30 miles and I'm pretty lazy. I was pretty lazy as a 17-year-old more than I am now. And so my legs are hurting and I'm like, ah, right? I just wanted to leave my bag on the road. And... Um, and the, the, amazing, the amazing thing is, is that uh, we're walking. We know that eventually we're going to get to a phone. Uh, but the people that we were with, they caught up to us. They, they stopped. They're like, hey, we saw your car. Uh, we came to get you. And, um, 
the, the same is true with the Lord. The same is true, man. He gives us a direction, and, and we know that if we go the right direction, man, we'll find uh, the thing that we're looking for. Uh, but, man, even when it gets too painful and too difficult and, and uh, we just don't feel like we have the energy to keep walking anymore, the Lord is there with his grace to fill in the gaps. And here's the, uh, the incredible thing. Uh, Jesus shows us that this is true. And, and so often we don't go the right direction because it is too painful, it is too difficult, it is too uncomfortable. And Jesus, he shows us a different way. I mean, the, 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 there's nothing really more, more clear to me than looking at Jesus who, for the joy set before him, endured the cross, carried uh, the most painful death that you could ever live. And, and, and it's, it's an incredible thing because every single person around him, his, his, his friends, the disciples, his family, uh, the Romans, uh, the, the Pharisees, they all told him he was a fool, right, for going to the cross. But for the joy set before him because he knew there was something better at the cross, and that thing that was better was a relationship restored between God and the people he made, right? It, it's, it's, an, it's an amazing thing. He, he knew that there would be joy in his resurrection, joy in our redemption, joy in, in us finally being able to receive his grace. It, and, and this is what God wants for you. He says, I just want you to go the direction that I've given you, and I want you to uh, to receive from me daily so that you can move forward with joy. And I want you to, to not avoid life, but, but face it. Like face it in faith, knowing that I am with you. And I want you to walk that way. I want you to believe enough uh, that, that you can receive from me. Believe there is something to receive. Now, uh, in closing, uh, I've left you with this tension. Uh, how can you begin to believe that there's something to receive when, when you just don't see God doing anything? How do you start? And, and if that's you, uh, I'd just like to share this, this, uh, this scripture in closing with you from Romans 8. Uh, this is how I know that God has something to give me. It says this, uh, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all? Won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to the life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. And he says this, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does, does it mean he no longer, longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or persecution, or, or are hungry, or destitute, or in danger, or threatened with death. In other words, uh, does, he st does he stop loving us when we face trials? The answer, he says, is no. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Isn't that amazing? This is how you know that God has something to give you. He's already given us everything. He sent his son uh, to suffer on our behalf, to pay the penalty of our sin. He's already given us everything we could ever need. He's given us uh, this, this recognition that we're in right relationship with him through faith in Jesus. And uh, man, if, if you struggle to believe that, man, I, I just encourage you, write this passage down and, and read it. Read it this week. Take it to heart. And uh, man, if you're a person who's like, man, I, I believe God has something to give me, 
uh, we, have, uh, we have a place where you can begin to learn uh, and, and be held accountable to receive from him. Uh, on Monday nights at the Discipleship Bible School in one-on-one uh, discipleship, we'd love to get you connected with, uh, with a guy like Alfred. And, uh, uh, and uh, we'd love, man, we'd love for you to begin to receive from the Lord every day uh, so that you can become people who uh, make decisions confidently, knowing that they're good and God-honoring. Sound good? All right, let me pray for you, and we're going to sing uh, together one more time. Uh, Father God, thank you so much for these people that are here tonight. God, thank you uh, that we can consider every moment in life joy-filled uh, because we know that you have something to give us. God, I pray that you would help us to hear from you even as we sing uh, right now, even as we go about our weeks. God, that we would be just receiving from you in, in the difficult moments and the painful moments and the trials. And God, that you would produce in us a faith uh, to walk in the way that you would have us go. God, help us to fight for what's good. God, we pray that you would uh, speak to our hearts. God, that you would leave us feeling filled and encouraged. Thanks for these people. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.